Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip through the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffee House in Starkville or in Tupelo. And if you can't make it to one of those locations, well, make your home that location. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and you can be ordering Strange Brew products delivered directly to your door, including the new K-Cup. So if you've got a Keurig, Strange Brew has got you taken care of. All the great flavors they have to offer are available in the K-Cup. So check them out, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. New year, new gear. That's what the, the message is from College Corner, two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. We're going to talk some baseball in the second half of the show. We're only 30 days out now uh, from opening day, one month until the start of the college baseball season. When you come back to Duty Noble, Make sure you've got some brand new maroon and white merchandise to celebrate the reigning national champions and get it at College Corner. Humble Taco, Starkville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. They've got great stuff going on all week long. It's always Taco Tuesday at Humble Taco, but they've got Wing Wednesday. They've got brunch on Sundays. It's just a lot of great stuff happening there. It's Starkville's newest and best Mexican restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Check them out next time you're in town. Head over to Humble Taco. When you're looking to grab a quick lunch, It doesn't get any easier than Firehouse Subs when you use the Firehouse Subs app. Download the free app today and pile up the reward points so you can be eating free sandwiches. Just come, put your order in, come in, say your name, and you are out of there. You don't have a whole lot of time for lunch. Firehouse Subs makes it really easy. Locations, Starkville, Columbus, Oxford, and Tupelo, Flowood, and Madison. Check out Firehouse Subs. We said we're going to talk basketball, or sorry, baseball in the second half of the show. But today, as we sort of predicted, and I think as everybody was kind of predicting, Robbie, Iverson Molinar was named SEC Player of the Week. He had 28 points in the win against Georgia last Wednesday, 22 points in the win against Alabama. Leading the SEC in free throw shooting has been a a much improved uh, three-point shooter this year, more selective but more accurate this year. (coughs) He's got a a pretty good all-around game. And in a year where, you know, Tolu Smith has battled injuries uh, and, and, you know, there's been some some off-and-on play from everyone else, He's sort of been that most consistent guy. I think one of the big reasons they didn't beat Ole Miss was he didn't have a great game uh, up there in Oxford. So my question is, you know, is Iverson Molinar the kind of player who can carry this this basketball team going forward when one or two other players isn't having their best day? <clears throat> Sorry, first and, for, first and foremost about my voice. Um, we, we come back from you coughing for three weeks to me like losing my voice all of a sudden. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, what can I say? Somebody does not want us to be on the air. I think it's Steve Robertson. That dash is Steve Robertson. Supposed to be our good um, friend and host. (laughs) Um, 
I think you know you talk about carrying the team. I think they need everybody to step up on this team next year. I mean, this year. I I don't know if one person can carry this team. I think you know last year we talked about how many times you know DJ Stewart and Iverson Molinar had to have great ball games in order for Mississippi State to have success. I don't think that's true with 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 this particular team, but I believe that Iverson Molinar has to be playing like he's been playing the last couple of weeks for Mississippi State to be competing for a run in the NCAA tournament, competing for a top four seed in the SEC tournament. I think Iverson Molinar has to be a top of the league talent. <clears throat> and I get the impression right now that he's going to be that. He had six, 16.9 points per game in non-conference play, and he's taken that up to, to one point per game more since he's gotten into conference play. So he's, th- he's taking things up a notch um, the last week. 28 points against Georgia, which was a career high. 24 against Alabama. I don't expect him to do that every single night in SEC play. That, that would be ridiculous to expect somebody to light everybody up um, for 20-plus points a game. But 18 points a game during SEC play, Mississippi State's got to be feeling good about where they are as a team if he's doing that because you know you're going to have somebody else step up, whether it be Shaquille Moore, Garrison Brooks, Tolu Smith, or somebody like that. You know you're going to have somebody else come in there and score 15-plus. Um, you, you feel pretty good about somebody stepping up. So if Iverson's averaging 18 a game, you feel really good about Mississippi State's chances. I think what helps Molinar a lot, and I do agree with you, you know, you feel like every game, be it Tolu, uh, Garrison Brooks, maybe even a uh, a guy like Cam Matthews could have a big night or a DJ Jeffries could get hot and have a big night. So they, they it feels like State will always have that complimentary score to, to Molinar. But Molinar, his, his offensive game is so varied and versatile. I mentioned he's, he's, he's improved his three-point shooting this year. But he's also a guy who can, can consistently get into the paint, can create his own shot. He can catch and shoot. He, he can get, you know shoot the mid-range. And, of course, he's so good off the free-throw line, 89% on the year. And he's a guy who gets to the line a lot. It's not like he's just making you know, two or three shots a game. He's a guy who's taking seven, eight free-throws a game and making six or seven of those free-throws every game out. So, you know, he, he is a guy, kind of player who, you know, when you think about NCAA tournament play, and, you know, that's what you got to sort of look, start looking ahead to, he's the kind of player that can really, when he gets hot, provide a huge matchup problem for other teams. We were talking in our, one of our group texts that we have with our friend Ben Portnoy, who covers uh, South Carolina now, and he said that he would, hate to, he would hate to be a team that had to play Mississippi State if they were, in, in a, you know, and this was last week when they, if they were an 11 or a 10 seed, something like that. I mean, that's that they, they, a, a six seed would not want to see an 11 seed Mississippi State right now. That's, that's a bad matchup for most teams when you consider the amount of talent. And that's sort of an interesting, you know, situation for State that the, the, the slow start or in non conference, losing those three games and then losing to Ole Miss has sort of put them where that in that range, right? That 10, 11, maybe even a 12 seed range where you're one of the last that large teams in, it could end up being a big bonus for Mississippi State because they'll play a, you know, a, a six seed and, and not have any pressure on them as opposed to a couple of years ago when they were the five seed and everybody thought they could win. might be interesting how that works out, but I think Molinar, especially when you get into postseason play, is going to be a real, real problem for a lot of teams. 
he is, and if he's playing how he's supposed to be playing and everybody else's game is elevated as well, you don't have to worry about being that, you know, pesky 11 seed right. that nobody wants to play. You, you're a team that if Mississippi State is playing how they should be and they're getting big wins down the stretch this year and they're a top four team in SEC play, you're talking about a, a, a five or six seed. They continue um, to play like this, yes. Yeah, and if they're a, if they're a top four seed in this league, I got to think that they're in that range, don't you? I mean, this is a, a couple of years ago. The SEC was not nearly as strong, and State was a top four seed in the SEC tournament and on the bubble of the NCAA tournament. But I got to think that's not the case anymore. The conference has been elevated. They're going to have some some big wins. I mean. Tomorrow night, if they beat Florida on the road, that's a quad one win, mm-hmm. and they're that getting would be two in two games. Yes, and they're getting, and then they'll have, they have a, that quad two win against Arkansas for now, which could be a, a better win down the stretch. They're going to have some really good wins. That resume is starting to build for Mississippi State, and if they're a top four team in this league, I, I got to believe that they are firmly in the NCAA tournament and they're playing for higher seating um, as far as the SEC tournament goes and all that. So. And to do that, though, that they need Iverson Molinar to be at the top of his game and need him to be even better than he was last year when he was pretty good. Is Molinar the best player on this team, in your opinion? I think so. I mean, he's definitely the most consistent. We haven't seen consistency from Garrison Brooks. Shaquille Moore is kind of a, a role guy. Um, I hate to put that term on him, but yeah. he's not a guy he that is. you expect. Yeah, you're not, he's not a guy that you expect to come out every night and pour in 15 points. Um, Tolu Smith hasn't been healthy, so it's hard to say that he's, a, that he's right there. But Molinar has consistently been pretty darn good. I mean, he's scored in double figures every single game this year. So, I mean, he's, he's kind of hit another level. Since that, since that Furman game, he scored uh, 16 or more points every single game, and he has three – 20-plus point performances out of five games. So, he, he's playing his best basketball right now. Yeah, that, that's definitely the case. You know, I, I think for me, I think Molinar is playing the best right now. I think when he's healthy, Tolu Smith is the best player on this team. He's a guy who's, when he's healthy, is giving you a double-double every, basically every night out. Uh, and, and, and the difference that when he's on the floor versus when he isn't, it's, 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 it's noticeable for Mississippi State. And he's a guy that, you know, when Molinar drives to the basket, and if he does miss, Tolu Smith is a guy who can clean up after that and get offensive rebounds. But State definitely has enough talent right now. And that's one of the reasons I was frustrated with this team a few weeks back was the talent was never an issue for me. I knew that this team had enough quality players and quality depth to win basketball games. It was the way they were playing. And they still have, at times, look, you look at the Ole Miss game, the first half against Georgia, they, I didn't think they played very well in that half at all. They came back really strong in the second half to pull away and get the win. But this team has, you know, I think Alabama might have been maybe their most complete game of the year. And even then they weren't able to, you know, pull away and win convincingly. It was a close game all the way in. I don't know that we've seen, you said this team is playing its best, but I don't know that we've seen it play its best, if that makes sense. I think we still, this team has another level that they can achieve if they continue to gel and play well as a team. There's no doubt. Um, you know, when the, back, back to Iverson, is it kind of surprising that he doesn't shoot three-pointers more often? He's, he's only shot 
he sh- he shot three threes against Furman, and outside of that game, he's he hasn't shot more than two in the last seven games. And now it, he did not shoot it well against Minnesota or Colorado State, so I wonder if that has kind of deterred him into another into doing things a different way. He was two of eight, three of eighteen um, in those two games. Since then, he hasn't shot more than three. Should, should he be shooting the three more? You know, I, I feel like maybe a little bit more. You know, I remember a few years back where people were getting on Eric Holman for shooting a lot of threes. Holman was shooting 40% from three. He was the leading three-point shooter on the team. People just had an issue with it because he was a forward, and they just thought he needed to be playing down low. It was back to the basket. Molinar is a guard. You automatically think he should be draining threes. But he is just so effective. You know, he, he, he's sort of like Q in that. And that Q was a good three-point shooter, but he was a guy who just could consistently get into the paint and get high-percentage shots and then put himself on the free-throw line where he was an 80-plus percent shooter. I think that's the best way. Molinar is getting a lot of three-point plays because he gets to the line. I wouldn't tell Molinar to change anything about what he's doing right now. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think he is a little more comfortable with that mid-range and um, the slashing that he can do. He's so good from that from that mid-range and, and just getting to the rim, so difficult to defend. I just feel like they need more of a three-point presence from somebody. DJ, DJ Jeffries has to be better. Well, you Jim just said, been, you just you, you had a little Freudian slip there. That's the guy that they're missing, right, is DJ Stewart. Yeah, yeah it is. Well, I said DJ Jeffries. You said DJ Stewart Jeffrey. You, you, you let it slip. I heard it. I I said DJ Jeffries. We're gonna have to go back little, and listen. We're gonna go back that, and listen to the tape. That might have been the frog in my throat, Brian. Uh, I hear you. But uh, yeah, I just I feel like they need to be a little better. From they need to be more effective from three point range. I mean, they were kind of lucky in that Alabama game that things played out the way that it did. That Alabama was not good from three because State did not do anything from three point range. And Alabama had a lot of open shots. And that's kind of been, you know, one of Mississippi State's weaknesses is defending the three-point shot. Um, there's been a lot of really good looks for teams this year. State's got to get better there. But I also think they got to be better making their shots because, and, you know, I haven't even looked at the stats, but just, you know, based on what I saw the other night, I just feel like it's the same thing with the women's team. If they could just be a little more effective from three-point range, that could change a lot of things for this team. And right now they're just – I mean, they're shooting 33% mm. uh, from three-point range. Opponents are shooting a little bit better. Yeah, 34, yeah. So, I mean – But it feels like it's higher. It feels like there are some games like last weekend where the team just doesn't shoot well, right? It feels like when teams are shooting well against Mississippi State, they're shooting like 50% from behind the arc. Shooting really well. They're shooting like 11 for 22, 12 of 24 from back there, and just piling I mean, points. That's what happened with this. In SEC play, State has not shot better than 28, 29% from three. Yeah. Five of 17 against Arkansas, three of 16 against Ole Miss, five of 18 against Georgia, two of 16 against Bama. They have to be better. And they were, they were solid in, not, in non-conference play. I mean, they had 13 three-pointers against Montana. They were seven of eighteen against Lamar, which is which is fine. Nine of twenty-one against Winthrop, which is pretty good. Mm. They've got to be better. That's got to be an area where this team has to improve. 
they have really improved free throw shooting. I thought they've been really good from three from the free throw line. Twenty eight of thirty eight the other night mm-hmm. was very good. Um, but they, I'm, I, I just feel like if they can improve that percentage, they can get you know up to thirty four percent, thirty five percent. Just be a little bit better. Well, yeah, a couple more shots a game is six points. I mean, six points mm-hmm. in the SEC. If I told Ben Hallen right now, hey, would you take an extra six points per game? Pretty sure he'd jump all over that deal. So yeah, yeah. You're, you're exactly right, Robbie. They, they just they just need to be a little bit better, a little bit cleaner. And like we said with Iverson Molinar, I, I feel like he is the kind of guy right now the way he's playing that can sort of lead this team. And this is a d- difficult stretch for Mississippi State coming up, no question about it. We've already talked about the games uh, this week, you know, with Mississippi State taking on uh, uh, Florida, and then the, you know the game against Ole Miss. Say what you want, you know, it, you've already lost a game to him, so I, I'm going to classify that game. It's difficult. And then it's at Kentucky, at Texas Tech, South Carolina. You should be able to win that one. But then you're at Arkansas. Then it's Tennessee at home. And then it's at LSU and at Alabama. That's that's a tough stretch for Mississippi State. They would do pretty well to win, you know, if they could get, let's say, say split this weekend or this week, they would be doing pretty well to get three wins in there. Now, you're, it's not going to really kill your net or anything like that. Those are all pretty good teams. You're not going to have any any awful losses <clears throat> unless you lose again to Ole Miss or you lose to South Carolina. But you, this is a tough stretch. So Molinar needs to continue to play at this level. And like you said earlier, one more player needs to come along for the ride, basically in every game. The good news is State doesn't have to rely on just one guy. They have those options, as, as you pointed out. Yeah, and I, talking about that stretch, including the Alabama game, the five-game stretch that you have with – Bama, Florida, Ole Miss, Kentucky, and Texas Tech. I thought if they can go three and two in the stretch, that is outstanding. Mm. But you need it needs to be against the right team. You don't need to lose to Ole Miss, right? Um, you need to be you need to beat Florida unless you you're going to gonna beat Miss. Kentucky. You know, be- yeah, it would even out if you did that. But I, I really feel like they need to they need to make sure they beat Ole Miss. Yeah, and I think they need to beat Florida too. Which you beat Florida, either Florida or Kentucky. I think anybody would take that. Yeah. 2-0 this week would, would really put MSU in a great position uh, going forward. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that when you put beef into the grocery cart when you're out shopping, not only are you providing your family with a delicious and nutritious meal, but you're helping 15,000 of your fellow Mississippians who are beef producers who do almost a half billion dollars a year worth of business in our state. So it's great for our state and it's great for your family. So many great options for beef. You just can't go wrong. When you're talking about whatever it is your family likes to eat, beef has it covered for you. If you're looking for recipes, I would suggest going to msbeef.org, where you can find out a lot about a lot of great recipes and a lot more about the beef producers here in our state. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats, the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to find smoked southern soul food. It's not... Don't say it's just barbecue when you go to Two Brothers. There's a lot more on that menu than just that. It's always a great time. Great food. One of my favorite stops, as I've said many times before, not just here in Starville, but anywhere you travel in the SEC, you're not going to find a lot of better restaurants than Two Brothers. Check them out in the heart of the Cotton District for smoked Southern soul food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Advantage Business Systems, they make it super easy for you. doesn't get any easier than great products and great service. But great products isn't just a few items here and there. We're talking about an incredible selection. Everything you're looking for from a technology standpoint, computers, printers, copiers, 
uh, information systems, mailing systems, software. They've got it all. And then when the sale is made, they don't just hand you the 1-800 number and tell you to call overseas and figure it out. No, no, we're talking about people here in Mississippi who want to do same-day service for you, get your problems taken care of so you can get back to work. Call them today, find out how Advantage Business Systems can help you like they've been helping other Mississippi businesses for now 47 years. That number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Have you seen Chris Lonis lately? I saw a video of him. Has he lost a bunch of weight? He does look like he's lost a little bit Good of weight. For him, if that's the case. Good for him. Although, you know, I don't know. There's Dan, nothing wrong with that. Dan Mullen got skinny, and look what happened. Yeah, well, yeah, we might want Chris to go back to the burly band that he was. We'll see. I'm glad he's, if he's getting healthy, though, I'm certainly not going to begrudge him that. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm, I might pass him in a year or two. You might. If he, if he, if we keep on the same trend. Um, he, might, he might put some more weight on because he'll just keep piling up national championship rings. Those things are heavy. That's true. But, yeah, he does look like he's lost a little bit of weight, at least in the face. Yeah. Um, so, I mean. The video I saw was from uh, – he spoke at, a, at, at some meeting, and I was just like, he, he's, he's, he's dropped some pounds. So, good for him. Good for you, Coach. All right. Uh, D1 baseball poll is supposed to come out today. And, like I said, today is the 18th. Opening day at Duty Noble is also the 18th, February the 18th. Mississippi State taking on the dirt bags. Long Beach State uh, comes to Starkville for a uh, three-game set. Those times have not been set yet. Those are still TBA, according to HailState.com. We are looking at we are looking directly at you, Aaron Fit and Kendall Rogers. Yeah. Make the right decision. You, you need to make that decision. You need to you know what you know what needs to be done. Do it. Make the right decision, Kendall. Yeah. Who starts that game for Mississippi State? Game one. I, th- I think Landon Sims. Okay. But, I mean, I, I just I have to think at this point that that's a sure thing, that Landon Sims is going to be Mississippi State's Friday night starter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think it's, a, it's probably in his best interest to be a starter this year for Mississippi State because I don't, I don't know the value – of Landon Sims as a closer on the pro level, you know, um, you know, on the college level, he's a legend here, but look what happened with, with Jonathan Holder mm-hmm. when he went to the, when he went to the pros, he went in as a, as a starter or long relief or something of the sort. There's just not, there's, they don't want a guy like that. That's, that's a, got a two pitch arsenal that could be easily figured out because once you see that guy in the MLB and in the minors, so many times you f- kind of figure it out. And, you know, late in the season, some people did square up landing a little bit. Now, it's, it's, it was still very hard to score a bunch of runs on him. And it's, uh, it's probably the reason Tim Corbin didn't even think about, you know, reviewing that last play of the College World Series because yeah. you're probably not going to score 10 runs on Landon Sims. Seems unlikely. But, if he can, if he can find a, another pitch or two and add that to to his mix, mm. he's got a chance to be pretty special. And I think that's that's kind of the thinking going into this season. This is his draft year. You need him to get as as many pitches out there as possible, and you want you also want to throw him uh, as much as you can because you know we only saw him once a weekend 
for the most part last year, and he was pitching one or two innings. So if you're only going to get him once a weekend, let's see him for seven innings. I mean, I'm in total agreement with you there. And we, we saw Landon go four innings a couple of times last year, I want to say, and did so pretty comfortably. You know, he was in, in command in the fourth, that fourth inning of relief as much as he was in the first. Uh, and, of course, you said, you know, towards the end of the season, some guys were able to turn around him a little bit, but you just expect that. I mean, the fatigue of playing as, as deep into the season as Mississippi State did, there's going to be a little fatigue there. I get that. I agree at with you. At the same that. time, though, at the same time, I think that he was way more fresh than a lot of the other guys. Late oh, I agree with I that. And that was I, part of the Lamona strategy the whole year. Well, we, you know, we kept telling people all year, this will pay off. This will pay off. I know you want to see him more, but I promise you, you are going to be thankful that Chris Lamonis and Scott Foxhall rarely used him on the weekend. And sure enough, that Super Regional against Notre Dame was exactly why you treat Landon Sims the way that you do. Because he came in and he threw, I think, four innings there at the end. And mm-hmm. Notre Dame did, just did not have a chance to mount offense. Mm-hmm. They had the big home run, but they were, they were up. They were down by like six runs. You're not going to score that many runs on Landon Sims. It's just not going to happen. So we saw exactly why Mississippi State did that with Landon Sims. It paid off to perfection. And I, I think this year they're going to do it similarly. They're just going to stretch them out a little bit more in a single game each week. And I think you'll see that um, be a benefit for him for his career moving forward. I mean, it, it sucks to lose Landon Sims coming out of the bullpen and hearing, some, hearing White Snake hit in the eighth or ninth inning mm-hmm. and him coming in and knowing for a fact you're about to win this ball game. Mm-hmm. That sucks. But if you can get him for seven innings, what's the difference? And the good news for Mississippi State is, they have a, a good number of arms that they can turn to now in that closer role. They just got to find somebody there. But if somebody like Parker Stinnett puts it together, he's got the same kind of nasty stuff that Landon Sims does. He just got to throw strikes. So if, if he's gotten a little more control, you know, problem solved there. I feel like we're pretty confident that Jackson Fristo will be either the Saturday or the Sunday starter. So here we are a month out from the season. Do you have an idea of who starter number three is for the Bulldogs this year? You know, we've talked about that um, a a little bit, and I still don't know. I mean, I'd like to go see some of the scrimmages coming up in the next week, um, week or two, and and kind of get a feel of who might be sliding into that role. I still don't have a clue, man. We we know all these names, and we know the possibilities that you have out there, but you don't really know who's going to fit into what role. This this, this early part of the schedule – might be the time where you start tinkering with with different roles and things like that. You know, last year going into that season, we knew that Christian McLeod was a guy that had 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 success as a starter, and it turns out that you know outside of Eric Sarantola, Christian McLeod was the most up and down guy that you had in that starting mm-hmm. role, um, maybe Fristo, but you never really got settled in that starting rotation last year. That that team was more akin to the 2013 team than anybody else, I think. Yeah. You had you 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 felt pretty good about Will Bednar for most of the year. And then you were like, okay, Christian McLeod, can he give us like four innings? And then God knows what's going to happen on Sunday. 
Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of what you got with Mississippi State in 2013, except for you knew whoever was coming out of the bullpen was going to be good. Right. So, um, you know, this year it's it's kind of similar. You don't have a whole lot of proven starters um, in that starting rotation. I mean, Jackson Fristo is the one proven guy, and he kind of faltered from middle of the season on. So there's still a lot of questions about this team, man. I, I, I feel good about this team. I think they're going to be good. But we still don't have a whole lot to to really hang your hat on with this team from a pitching standpoint. I mean, even Landon Sims, I mean, how is he going to react to being uh, back in the starter's role? Which he's, he did it all throughout high school, but can he, different, can he different recover? Animal, obviously, yeah. Can he recover? Can he extend in the seventh inning? And can he be really good three to four times through the order? Yeah. You know, when you look at State's roster, one thing that seems kind of certain is that that third starter won't be a lefty. State only has five lefties on the roster right now. Pico Cone, Cole Cheatham, Taylor Montiel, Andrew Walling, Cam Toller. Toller is probably the most likely potential starter in there, but I, I don't know about that. Walling, I think for sure, is going to be a guy who might even end up having a chance to hit that closer role. Pico Cone is you know, a true freshman. I don't know that he's coming in, although he is a highly rated kid and a guy who I think they, they, they like a lot. It's, it's going to be one of these righties. And, I mean, Casey Hunt, Brandon Smith, Cade Smith, Stone Simmons, Jack Walker, another true freshman. And then, you know, Preston Johnson is a guy I feel – I like Preston Johnson in that long relief role. I think, yeah. he's, I think that's where he's best suited. He could probably be a starter, but I feel like he can be a guy that if you get in trouble on a Saturday and somebody needs to give you four innings of relief, he can do that better than almost anybody else on the roster. So let's just sort of narrow it down because I don't know. I don't think early on it's going to be the freshman Jack Walker. You got to think it's going to be, you know, Cade Smith, Brandon Smith, maybe. I can see it um, being Stone Simmons. Stone Simmons could. Uh, I just, there's so many things that, that have to be proven for this team. Mm-hmm. I, I love the pieces, I love the players, I love the talent, but we haven't seen enough from it on the pitching side of things to really feel good about it. And then you start talking about, you know, some of these position battles, mm-hmm. but I feel better about state's offense and defense than I do uh, pitching right now, just from a role standpoint. They should just have so much power this year. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it before, but between Hancock, Tanner, Kellum Clark, Cam James, uh, we feel like Cumbus is a guy who can make a move into being a, a power guy, being a double-digit home run guy. And then you've mentioned guys like uh, Von Siebert and Hunter Hines. Well, you're, you're getting to the point now, the way that Lamonis is recruiting, you know, how many, how many years have we looked out there and said, okay, if they're going to get a big hit, it needs to come right here. Yeah. With, with, this, with these two guys. Yeah. Middle of the order. Because mm-hmm. if they get past them, you're not, you're not getting a big hit yeah. until you roll back around. Well, now you're getting to the point where I feel like you're going to look at the lineup and say, I could see him connecting right here and ending the game. You know, just, you know, the number eight guy in the lineup comes yeah. up there. Compass is a guy who could be batting seventh and could easily put one out of the park. I mean, these, the, you're about to, people are going to start noticing um, in the next couple of years. The, the, you know, the Scotty DeBrules and the Tanner Leggett's, no offense to any of either of those guys, they're great players, but the, the size of those players 
is kind of going away. You're about to start seeing a different makeup of a Mississippi State player coming in here. Yeah. And that's what makes this this season so interesting to me. If Slate Offered is hitting, what do you do? You yeah. know, if if Slate Offered, Kellum Clark, Hunter Hines, um, Luke Cancock, and Cam James are all getting it done at the plate, what are you going to do? What are you going to do at the corner infield spots? What are you going to do at DH? Hmm. Uh, there's just there's so many things that can happen if those guys are at the point where you can't keep them off the field, you can't keep them out of the lineup. It's going to make for some interesting moments for Chris Lamonis and decisions to make. And so far since he's been here, he's made all the right ones. It just seems like everything he does works. Yeah, that's one thing I've always said about Lamonis is that he makes the right moves. He just has a knack for it for whatever reason. When he makes changes in the lineup, they tend to work out. When he makes changes to the, the you know, in pitching, it tends to work out. So, you know, he's had that, that, that Midas touch uh, the past couple of years, and obviously it paid off with a, with a national championship. D1 poll out tomorrow. We sort of mentioned it. We were joking around a second ago. But in seriousness, what do you think this team is ranked? I, I think they're going to be top five mm-hmm. in that poll because I think that the, what tips me off to that is the other day, D1 baseball ranked state, I think, fourth in recruiting slash transfer rankings. Mm-hmm. So what that tells me is they feel really good about and they've done their research on what state is adding to the roster in what they bring back. Um, but, I, you know, this poll should be um, thought of as high as any other poll, in my opinion. Uh, collegiate baseball, I think, ranked state ninth, and that's where they had them last year, I think, preseason. And I, I don't think those guys do near the near the research and homework no, that no. that D one baseball does. Those, and and they, those guy, that one guy, you mean? And they and and D one is actually traveling around the country mm-hmm. and going seeing these teams. I mean, they they came to Mississippi State three or four times last year. They were, of course, at the SEC tournament. They were in the College World Series at every game. So they know the teams better than anybody else in the country. So what you see tomorrow, I, I feel like, is going to be the closest representation of what a preseason top 25 poll should be. And, again, these really should not be taken very seriously right? because it's a long season. And, I, it, quite frankly, I think that polls should only be put out after two or three weeks of the season start and that's in every sport mm-hmm. but it's just something to talk about um preseason and you know we'll see where things are i think lsu is going to be ranked pretty high in all yeah. these polls i think lsu's uh, vanderbilt vanderbilt's going to be ranked very high in all these polls florida mm-hmm. Ole miss should be ranked fairly high i thought they were i thought they were ranked egregiously bad in the collegiate baseball poll mm-hmm. i think they were ranked down that's a team that should be pretty good. I mean, they're returning almost all of their offense. Yeah. Their pitching might not be very good this year, but who knows? But their offense is going to be pretty dang good. I mean, they, so. they've recruited well. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's Ole Miss. I'm, I'm not worried about them dropping off the face of the earth for sure. So, yeah, we'll have a look at that. And, uh, yeah, one month till we're, we're all at Duty Noble again uh, to watch the, the reigning national champions play. All right, tomorrow's show is the rumblings. Get the questions in. You know what to do and we will answer them. Until then, for Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.
evil on the inside You are innocence personified And I will drag you down and sell you out Run away A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production